Happy Easter, everybody. Jesus is risen. He's risen. He's risen indeed. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the good news we celebrate today that Jesus has risen. The great news that the tomb is empty. The wonderful news that he's defeated the grave. He's risen. He's risen. He's risen. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. All glory be to you. Last Friday, we thanked you, Father, and we thanked Jesus for the physical, emotional and spiritual pain Jesus endured and how he died on the cross to wipe away our sins and make us acceptable to you, Father. Today, we thank you and praise you with great joy for his miraculous resurrection and all that means for us. We thank you that if Christ had not been raised, then our Christian faith would be futile. And we would be a people to be pitied. We thank you that Christ's resurrection proved the truth of his claim that he would rise on the third day, a claim so outrageous that when he made it, no one understood what he was talking about. And if his resurrection proved this claim to be true, why should we not believe every other claim, teaching and instruction he made? And so we especially thank you for his claim that I and the Father one. We also thank you that Jesus' resurrection opens the way for us too to defeat death and to enjoy eternal life with him. What a great hope that is, Father, and we thank you so much. Father, we're no different from past generations in needing that hope. There's still tyranny in this world, persecution of the defenceless, sickness and poverty and starvation, and natural and man-made disasters. There is still evil, corruption, selfishness, greed and brutality. So we today pray to you, Father, as generations past have prayed, for an end to all of this, for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And today we thank you so much for that hope Jesus has given us of that better life to come for each one of us, and one day, someday, for our will to be restored. We thank you that in his rising from the dead, Jesus has shown us the way to that better world and that better life to come. And finally, thank you, Father, we thank you that by his death and resurrection, he has sent your Holy Spirit to live within each one of us, to teach us, to encourage us, and to lead and guide us. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. And he has given us faith and hope and love. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Great. How lovely to be with you on this resurrection morning. Kids, have you, did you notice in the video, the first video, that uh, when Auntie Bear was speaking, that the cross looked different? Do you know why that was? Can anybody... I hear a voice? No, no, that's busy on their puzzles. Um, anybody would like to guess why? What was the difference? What was the symbolism of the purple? 
Well, okay. Okay. All, all, everybody off to Sunday school. You're all, that's it. You're all off to Sunday school. Sorry. Right. The King of Kings, the Majesty, the, the, the wording above the cross was the King of the Jews, wasn't it? He was royalty. And he died on our behalf. And then today we're celebrating. What a beautiful cross. I don't know who did that, but it's just a, a joy. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Now, just a quick, um, there's a, a, a message of hope. And uh, this came through uh, from uh, uh, state chairman, a man called Pastor Joe Habermill. He's got a church out in the northern suburbs uh, doing a wonderful job out there. And he's, uh, he sent this letter to the churches. And I thought, Dave, if you could throw that up for us, maybe you'd just like to read this together. It's a really good story. And I think by the time you've heard Richard's prayer and you've read this and you've heard the songs, uh, and then I, I'm afraid I've got to talk for a little while, uh, it gets a bit repetitive, but it's because we forget things and we have to be told and told and told and finally go, ah. But listen to this. Listen, read, the, read this prayer with me. Dear friends, humanity needs hope. We're not just flesh and bone, nor are we just our thoughts and emotions. We are souls, souls that thrive in hope and shrivel in despair. In this Easter season, our attention is drawn once again to the crucifixion and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest inspiration of hope for our souls. The cross of Jesus tells our souls that God loves us and that God will help us and that God will pay the highest price for our salvation. The resurrection of Jesus tells us that God can change us, God can renew us and that he has plans for us. Everyone needs this hope, a hope that reaches beyond our own abilities, beyond our human frailties and shouts to our souls that God is for us. We have a friend in Jesus. You are not alone, no matter what you are facing. We can, we can all see reasons around us for hopelessness and despair. War, disease, oppression and selfishness can overwhelm us. But if we place our focus on suffering and pain, we can lose hope. But Psalm 121.1 says, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? The hill that we all look to at Easter is the hill on which Christ was crucified. He was abandoned so that we would never be abandoned. He was excluded so that we would be included. He died so that we could live. Our prayer is that this Easter, your soul will focus on the beauty of Christ on the cross and that your soul will find hope in, in power of his resurrection and that you will share the reason for this hope that is in you in words and deeds with a hope-deprived world around you. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Isn't that a beautiful letter to the churches from uh, our state, I guess in other denominations, he would be our state bishop. So he's the leader of uh, the state churches in South Australia. He's a lovely, lovely man. So I just thought I'd like to read it for you to read it, because I thought it was a very beautifully thought through uh, letter to us as Christian churches, of, of which many, many are gathering this morning to celebrate this wonderful day. So, as Dan and, and 
Somebody else read. Sorry, Kathy. There we are. Sorry, looking for you. Uh, read the scriptures to us. Try to imagine, if you can, what those ladies must have been feeling as, as they approached the tomb. If you were there, you were approaching the tomb and you were thinking, oh, goodness, their leader, their friend, teacher, dead. The one who had given them such hope of a new world, the miracles, the poor and needy being helped, a change for the better, a chance from their, to, to move on from their hard lives. Now their expectations and hopes were dashed, not just dashed, smashed. I guess all of us at some stage have uh, had the rug pulled out from underneath us. You know, we've been expecting something, hoping for something, a great big build-up, and then just at the last moment when you were reaching out, thinking it was yours, it was gone. It might be a health issue. It might be the fact you've applied for a job um, and you've, uh, you know, you really got high expectations from it. It might be for younger people that uh, you're wanting to get into a sports team and you've been training and you've been working really hard and you're getting close to the thing and the coach is about to make the pick and suddenly, no, you were passed over. What a horrible feeling, isn't it? A lovely expression we say in the, in the modern world, it's, you feel like you've been gutted. I think that's such a good statement, isn't it? You know, something has gone. The whole sort of purpose, you're driving towards this goal and, and, and you feel gutted. So as the woman approached the tomb, they were, they were distraught. They were gutted, wondering perhaps what the future now held for them. All that hope and promise shattered. They were going to the tomb to carry out the religious practice of the day where they embalmed the body with, with spices. They'd already wrapped Jesus' body with strips of linen and uh, they, they were going to take these spices now to, to wrap uh, the body as part of the preserving process. And that's why I think you read later on how excited that the disciples were when they saw the strips of linen and even the head cloth separated seemed like a body had popped out from, from these strips. It's an extraordinary, extraordinary thing. So despite being told by Jesus that he would be, he would be killed and would rise again, I, I don't think that when they went to the tomb that morning, they were expecting to find anything else but a corpse because he was dead. That was the presenting fact. It didn't matter, you know, we heard, we, they may have heard, Jesus said, yes, I'm going to die, and I'm going to be killed, and then I'm going to rise to dead. But what was presenting to them at the time was, he was dead. That's what they saw. They didn't remember anything else. That's all they saw was the body. And so they were, they were um, thinking about on the way, how, how are they going, the practical things, how are they going to roll the stone back? What were they going to do with the guards that were there? How, how were they going to get to the body so they could do this embalming process? And so this is as they, uh, uh, as they go forward. So uh, perhaps that you and I have, have prayed for change or wanted to change and it seemed not possible now that you've been passed over. The sense of your hopes and the, the sense of it. It's been, uh, the idea is dead. But then comes the God factor. What he promised is true. He actually becomes true. The body is missing. What has happened? They run to fetch the disciples. Is there a glimmer of hope? Is something, what's, what's happening here? 
just suddenly, like you have uh, heard that there's new treatment for your, for your health issue or um, the coach has rang and left a message for you. What does that mean? Or the job where you've applied for has, uh, has rung and they want you to ring them back. All of a sudden, your hope starts to rise again. But this time, your emotions are a little bit cautious because you've been up on the high on the roller coaster. You've been up on the high thinking you were getting, going to get this, this, that something was going to happen. And then it didn't. And your emotions say so you're a little bit more cautious this time as you're thinking about it. But there's a glimmer of hope. And so the disciples start to think, could, could this be true? Could this be true? And then the words start to think, come into their thinking. Ah, he said he would come alive again. And then there was Jesus. What a lovely thing when he speaks to Mary. Rabboni, she says, Mary. And they didn't recognize him. And that's often for us, isn't it? We don't, often don't recognize the God moments. He almost stands in front of us. And sadly, sometimes we don't even see him. But there was Jesus. The whole thing had changed in an instant. Peter runs to the tomb. What's going on? Has somebody stolen the body? And then he appears. Wow, what a celebration. It's all true. Jesus is God. He has risen from the dead. He is Lord. He's conquered death. If he was not raised from the dead, as Richard said, there would be no hope. But he has been raised. We have such a hope. His promises are true. Now life can begin again, a new life. And that's, that's children, that's what Easter eggs are all about. You know, we've been hijacked by the commercial world selling chalky eggs. And very nice they are, little bilbies and funny things. But that's not the story. Eggs represent new life. And in that little egg, within that shell, is new life. And that's what the, uh, the previous generations talked about. The Easter eggs, they used to paint beautiful little eggs with all sorts of lovely colours and things. And it represents new life. Inside that shell is life. And that's what this Easter story represents. It's not chocolate eggs. That's just distracted us from the truth of the story that life can come, new life can spring from a thing. And there's a little pun here, which I wrote, said something that uh, uh, a new life can come out of a prison shell, spelt S-H-E-L-L. Did you get that one, prison shell? No. Well done, Ronnie. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Life breaks out from within. Keep pecking. See the little chicks trying to get their way out? Keep pecking. Keep fighting. Get on with life. And the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Now, some of you look like you need coffee this morning. In fact, probably some chocolate with that coffee. This is a celebration, people. Joy, we are promised. Joy, great joy. Oh, hallelujah, Lord, wake. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, the Spirit of God. Well, maybe maybe the Lord's Spirit is uh, absent this morning. No, of course it's not. The Spirit of God is within us, causes us to joy. Hallelujah. Now, not all stories have a happy ending. For those who trust in Christ and believe his promise, there is always a happy ending eventually. In my early 20s, and I've, some of you heard this bit of the story before, I, I, uh, I was in a bit of a mess, bit of a mess to put it mildly. Um, I left my, my family, I left my job, I left my country, 
Uh, I left everything that was precious to me. I was in a real mess. Mum had died when I was quite uh, in late teens. It completely threw me. Dad remarried uh, a lady that unfortunately we didn't like, and uh, the family fell apart. By 17, I'd, I'd left home. I was off, uh, off into the big world world. I was an absolute emotional mess. And after a few years, I, I knew, knew I needed a new start. So I thought, Australia's a long way away from where I was living. I'll go there. And, uh, and after a little while being here in Australia, it wasn't very long, that I really hit the wall. And I thought, what have I done? I've left everything I know, all my security, all, although I was a mess, but everything that surrounded me, I'd left. And I went in deep depression. And then a dear friend of mine, a man that uh, uh, I'd known for, for, for a number of years, uh, took me along to a church, not dissimilar to this, same, same, uh, same sort of church. And uh, this dear man uh, took me to church and Jesus revealed himself. Something happened in that service. I didn't believe when I went in the door. Jesus revealed himself. I did believe. Like the disciples came to the grave. He's dead. He appears. They didn't believe. They did believe. And that happens in a twinkling of an eye that God can change us and, and give us hope. Paul, in a letter to the church at Rome, describes this experience in a passage describing new life. He says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. You know, it seems even it says one version says that even when we didn't want to know about it, Christ died for you and I. What an amazing thing! Even when we weren't seeking after Him, He comes and He died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. And sometimes you read in war where people give their lives for others; they they put their own lives on the line to save other people. Though for a good person, some might possibly dare to die, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's no coincidence if you're hearing this today and for those of you online, perhaps it's the first time maybe you've ever ever heard that, that Christ died for you. The Apostle John is uh, one of Jesus' closest friends and he wrote that, uh, and it's a story that most of us know and know these words well, but listen again. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whosoever, whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. So often people think God's against them. He didn't send Jesus to condemn the world but to save it through him. So whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And people say, don't they, that how could a God of love not, uh, have, have a hell? How could a God of love not invite people? Why would God do this? But it's not, it's not God that keeps you out of his heaven. It's your choice. It's our choice, isn't it? It's my choice that I refuse to acknowledge who God is. So it's not God keeping us out. It's, it's the choices that we make. So without Christ, we are separated from the life of God. And Kathy, it was lovely, that wall, I just loved it. And I love Superman coming and smashing through the wall. What a wonderful illustration. But he can bring us back from the dead. Uh, 
and sorry, and for all of us, what we have to remember, and we forget this, don't we, in the long view, that all of us will be resurrected. It's not just Christ. It's not just the Christians who will be resurrected. It's everyone. Everyone after death at some stage will be resurrected and will face God and will face God's judgment and be asked the question, did you accept my offer? That's my understanding. Everyone will be resurrected. So I accepted God's amazing offer of forgiveness and believed on him and I started a new life. I was no longer lost, but I was found. I remember going, sitting in a little church in the, in the, in the village where my sister lives and I'd often go in there and pray. I believed in a God, a divine being. And I remember going back after I came to know the Lord and sitting in the back rows of this church and going, Lord, last time I was here, I was lost. Oh, but now I'm found. What an amazing feeling to know the security of God calling us. So is God calling you this Easter? People online? Is God speaking to you? He's inviting you into his family. Despite the mess that you might be in, the circumstances of your life right now, he's offering you hope. He's offering you a new life. He's offering you a way out. If your heart is pounding, then the Holy Spirit's talking to you. He says, true. He's saying on the inside of your heart, it's true. Listen, it's true. Jesus is real. He's risen from the dead. Will you accept his invitation to you? Will you listen to his voice, his promptings today? The Apostle John writes straight to the point in another letter. Whoever has the Son has life. Who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Having Jesus, life. Not having Jesus, darkness. Separation behind that thick wall. He really is alone, the truth. What is truth, Pilate said. Jesus said, I am the truth. I'm the way, I'm the life. There is no life outside of Christ. It only makes sense when we understand who Jesus is, history, his story, when we realise where we fit, what God's plan is for us, it makes sense. Other than that, it's, it's, life is tough. We don't see the whole picture uh, all at once and we've said that we need to trust that what Jesus has promised to do, he will. It's 50 years, 50 years this year since I trusted Jesus. And in all that time... He's done nothing but good for me. He's been patient with me. Oh, so patient. He's been kind. He's been a good shepherd. He's led me. He's brought me through the trials of life. I have, I'm never alone. There's that song we sang, we are never alone. Jesus is with us. He's with me. He guided me through all the challenges. And I want to finish with this, um, uh, this picture um, uh, Dave, if you could uh, throw the picture up for us now. Thank you. And, and for those perhaps who might hear this later on podcast, it's a, a picture of a, a driveway. Uh, there's some um, agapanthers down the side marking the edges. There's a lovely drive going off. It's a long drive and it's uh, going away into the distance, uh, slightly downhill. There's some beautiful plane trees that's in autumn colours and there's this long view of this drive. Can I, can I ask, 
Some of you here, just very quickly, what does it speak to you about when you see a, a picture like that? I'm sorry, online. And we should say while they're thinking about that, hello, the Barnes family. Sorry, we should have acknowledged you. They're away over Easter with COVID. I don't know who, who COVID is, but uh, it's kept them away. Um, and a lot of other people we know who uh, have to be uh, away at this time with different different reasons. But you, maybe you can't see the picture, but just imagine this beautiful driveway. Uh, what does it say? Would anybody just like a couple of people like shout out? Sorry? Going home. Well done. Beautiful. Going home. Crack on. 10 out of 10. Give that lady a chocolate. Big muffin. No, no. Big lots of two hot cross buns. Sorry. Anybody else? Going home. Yes, please. I, I can't hear that. I'm sorry. I'm deaf. That's one of my... We're off. Excuse me. Sorry. Wait, sorry. Oh, well done. A road to a better place. Super. Double, double hot cross buns for you. What a stunning group of people. Anybody else just like to throw one other thing in there? What are you seeing? A nice journey. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, there's, do you think it's bad? We get the feeling it's something bad? No. It's all good, isn't it? It's lovely. It's lovely. Okay. So it says to me that there is something very special at the end of this drive. Why do I think this? Because the owner has put a lot of time and expense into making that drive. Making it a grand entrance. It was started many years ago. For those trees and those plants to be mature, there was a lot of thought and care and planning had gone into it. The trees are now mature. The drive is ready for your entry. I love that, going to a better place. I love the fact we're going home. What is at the bottom? We cannot yet see, but there is hope of something very special, something prepared, a place of welcome. It doesn't show you all the journey to the gates, the windy and the bumpy roads, the trials, the temptations and hindrances to get there. But once you see that driveway, as it opens up, you will know that you are nearly home. We are all, after all, just pilgrims in this life. Jesus, by rising from the dead, says to us, despite the circumstances of life on your journey, they cannot prevent you from getting home. Even if you lose your life on that journey, you will get home because he's going to promise to bring you back to life. Isn't that amazing? Keep the end in mind. What Jesus promises, he fulfills in his time. He told his followers he would die and he would rise again. He did. He now tells us that he will return and take us home. He will. This home is yet out of sight. But the promise is there that he has prepared a place for those that love him. Keep trusting him. And the resurrection life within you will enable you to complete the journey home to the Father's waiting arms. He is risen. Hallelujah. 
What hope we have in Jesus. If you'd like to talk about this afterwards, we'd love to, if Musos, you'd like to come up and we're just going to pray and thank you, Nadine. Lord, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you, Lord, that you have prepared a welcome for us. Lord, we thank you that we can trust you. And Lord, even then our circumstances and our minds tell us other things. Lord, you are faithful. Lord, what you have promised, you complete. And so, Lord, we thank you that you have risen. You've risen from the dead. Lord, you've given us a hope and a future. And so, Lord, as we journey now through life, thank you for your presence with us. Lord, thank you that you accompany us on this journey. Lord, uh, thank you for the great hope that we have in Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Amen. Thanks, Nadine. Thanks, Mike. We're just going to end the service now with a song as we go out into to enjoy and celebrate, continue celebrating Easter. Let's just declare um, that He is Lord. He's risen from the dead. Oh, stand up. Yes, stand up. <laughs> Please join us. You, sh- you should know these ones really well. <laughs> he is Lord. Thank you. He is Lord. You are alive. Oh Lord Jesus, as we go about today and our weeks, may we know that you are alive. That means that we can walk and journey with you. And may we know and experience that closeness, that relationship with you. Thank you that you have given us freedom, that you have given us this gift of life. Thanks, Mike, as well, for just speaking to us this morning about a new life and a hope for eternity uh, and a challenge, too, there that I picked up as well. If if your heart's pounding, uh, don't ignore the Holy Spirit speaking to you, perhaps about recommitment or perhaps about actually speaking to someone about um, who God is and how he could actually be part of your life. Um, my challenge would be if that's the way you're feeling or you're hearing that whisper, please talk to God about it. Please talk to someone that you know that's a believer. Uh, if you'd like someone to pray with you this morning, hang around, uh, go to the prayer room. There'll be someone there to pray for you. Um, yeah, that, that's it for the, the formal part of the service this morning. Be great if you'd like to hang back for a cup of coffee or tea and an Easter bun, please do that. Uh, yeah, just uh, felt the presence of the Lord in this place this morning pray that you shared that as well in this place and those that are online Uh, can I just um, yeah pray a blessing on you all Um, just pray that you'll know great joy and rejoice rejoicing in this day as we just think about um, the Lord and what he's done uh, particularly at this Easter time so yeah just uh, pray also you have a great time with family and friends today and just go through this week knowing the closeness of the Lord in your daily walk in your life thanks great bye now